grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, today the sermon, the texts are about the end times, really the law. There's going to be a lot of people in misery. There's going to be a lot of people bemoaning that they didn't take the opportunity to come to faith in Jesus. They're going to be broken and they're going to be separated from God for all eternity in the place where there's darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a lot of good news there. But there is good news for us because as you look at the people of God, God says the judgment will not come near you. And that's why it's so important today. Our text talks really about what are you doing with your life. And, you know, it's one of those questions that as the kingdom of heaven is like a class reunion. Well, no, that's not the way our parable goes, but it, it's similar. You know, because if you go to a class reunion, you're going to have people, the students, the former students are going to ask each other, what have you done with your life? Right? And, of course, then you've, you've got that, that one person then in your class that never amounted to much, and he comes and he just can't wait for somebody to ask, so what did you do with your life, Bobby? And he can't wait to tell you that he started a business that employs over 100 people and he's very successful and he's got a gold ring and he's got an expensive watch and he's got fine clothes and he's the one that drove up with a brand new BMW. And then you've got another person, and you know that class stud that everybody knew was going to be successful and, and, and make it no matter what he did. And he's sitting in the corner hoping that nobody asks him. So what happened to your life? What have you done with your life? Because he's dealing with huge debt and he's trying to recover from divorce, his third. And then you have that class valedictorian. She spent her whole life raising her 20 kids. Well, no, she spent her life for the last 20 years raising her kids. <laughs> that dyslexia sometimes does funny stuff, doesn't it? What have you done? When asked, she says, Well, I'm planning on getting back into the workplace, and as soon as I do, I'll be successful. And then there's you, the class in the class reunion. What about you? What do you have to say about what have you done with your life? Well, this morning I want to make that question even more personal because I want to set you, instead of before your classmates, I want to set you before Jesus at the day of the Lord, the great and terrible day of the Lord, the judgment day. Christ has returned and you're standing before his judgment seat and Jesus is flashing your life before your eyes, and asking you the question, what have you done with your life? And how are you going to defend that? I mean, looking at the length of your life and all the things that you've done or all the things that you haven't done, all the opportunities you missed, or all the opportunities you took advantage of to serve the Lord. You know, we could call it stewardship but what did you do with your life? It's a good question, and it's a question we're going to base our sermon on this morning as our theme. What have you done with your life? It certainly can be an intimidating question. However, I think the better question might be, what has Jesus done with your life? 
That's a better question for this morning. What has Jesus done for your life? More accurate, perhaps. And of course, let me answer that one for you, because I can tell you what Jesus has done. He's done for you what He's done for me. He's transferred me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He's transferred me from the kingdom of sin and the curse of sin and death and giving me life in Christ Jesus and forgiving me my sins. That's right. You see, because you're connected to Jesus through faith. We talked about that, of course, on Reformation Sunday, how faith connects us to Jesus. Faith, believing in Him, connects us to His cross. Faith connects us to His resurrection. Faith connects us to the power of His blood and the forgiveness of sins. And faith makes us servants in His kingdom. And that's why Paul wrote, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. This faith that you have is a gift of God. It's a gift. We'll talk about gifts, the gift of these talents later. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them that we should walk in the good works. What are you doing with your life? We are God's workmanship. We are created for good works, created for obeying His commandments, created for following in His way, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created to serve Him. And there will become a reckoning. We are created as His children to serve Christ. And that's why Paul is able to say, for me to live as Christ. Now, I love that as a statement that summarizes your, your life, summarizes your, what, what, if, what has Christ done with your life? For me to live as Christ. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful way to say it? For me to live as Christ. My life is under the shadow of the cross. My life is defined by the victory of the empty tomb. It's who I am. For me to live as Christ, that's what the Lord has done with my life. He's redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me with His blood. In our parable this morning, Jesus talks about, uh, about that. He compares our lives to servants who were given a lot of money to invest for their master. And this just isn't a few dollars. No, no, this is a huge amount of money. And our our text calls it a talent, which doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but uh, it's comparable to a block of gold. And all you need to know is it's worth half a million dollars. One talent, half a million dollars. Dollars. It's a lot of money. And the amazing part is the confidence that the master puts in giving that kind of responsibility into the hands of his servants. He entrusted them at least with a half a million bucks. Huge responsibility. And all this money is representative. 
These talents are representative of our life. What have you done for Christ? What have you done to serve Jesus? The talents are representative of all the things that we do, not just your talent, but everything you do. This money represents us of all the opportunities that, it, that we've had throughout our lives to serve the Lord whether squandered or used, whether ignored or not. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Now our parable is amazing this morning, if if not only for the amount of money that we're talking about. Because three guys are given huge sums of money. The first was given five talents. That's two and a half million dollars of gold bar. Two and a half million dollars. One was given two talents, a million bucks. The other was given one talent based on how they would be able to manage those things. How would they invest their master's money? Or we perhaps could say better, what would they do with their lives? Well, two of the servants did not disappoint their master. The master obviously is Jesus. And, and the man with five talents comes to the master and he says, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. I made five more. You gave me two and a half million dollars. I, I made two and a half million. Now you've got five million. And of course, the second guy says, I doubled my money too. And master, the master, Jesus, says, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been at work, haven't you? You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come into heaven. Come into the joys of eternal kingdom. Now, I want you to think about all this. First of all, you know, Jesus is the master of our parable, and he entrusts you with your life, with gifts, uh, to serve, gifts to serve in his kingdom as you live your life out here on earth. And he entrusts me too. The amazing part of that is I'm a sinner, a sinner, a really bad guy. That's right. God took the value of his talents and he put those valuable things in my hands, in the hands of a broken man. He entrusted them to me to invest in his kingdom to serve the Lord. And how will I use them to serve the Lord? But isn't it amazing that God chose you? And isn't it amazing that God chose me? Because we know what the Bible says about us, and it is not flattering about our sinful nature paul talks about it you were dead in your trespasses and sins which you once walked following the course of this world following the spirit which is satan darkness the the spirit now at work and the sons of disobedience among whom we all lived once in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of our body and the mind and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Why would God take objects of his wrath and entrust to them such great gifts? 
Why would God call us and then equip us to serve in his kingdom? Well, this is the way Jeremiah describes it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So, so don't you see, God has entrusted such great blessings to us through Jesus Christ. And we have these gifts for one reason. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you. We have these gifts for one reason. God the Father loved you so much that he sent his Son. And his blood declares you to be his child. His blood makes you worthy to stand before him. His blood makes you holy to be able to serve in his kingdom. It equips you. And so we proudly stand before the throne of God, robed in the righteousness of Christ, in his forgiveness, in his, in his perfection, in his love. And that's why we confidently say with the Apostle Paul, if we live, we, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We serve the Lord. We are the Lord's. I want you to think about all the things that Jesus has done to equip you. All the talents He's put in your life. To be able to, for you, to be able to put to use in your worship life, in your devotion life. And he says, take care of these resources, use them wisely. And of course, then you take your money and he expects you to use your money to, for, for wise decisions and how you invest not only in the things that you need and, and perhaps even want, but to use your money to the glory of God to help others who are in need to support the ministry of the church and the work of God, to glorify God with your money. And then, of course, God gives you time in this earth, precious time, time that can't be taken away, time in which you have, are allowed to interact with other people and, and talk with other people and have relationships as those people see Christ's love shining through you, opportunities. And then he gives you relationships, in which you tell others about that gift of salvation. And you proudly proclaim to the world for me to live as Christ. This, this gift, this salvation, this, this act of serving Him is, is more precious than silver or gold. Everything you do this week, everywhere you go, everything you say, everything... Every dime you spend, every prayer that you pray is an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. It's an opportunity to invest in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, in the Savior who invested in you. And He invested in you in a powerful way. He shed His blood. He invested in you with his suffering and, and death. He invested in you so that you would become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. 
And so he places in your hand those talents and waits for the investment. He waits for the harvest. He waits for the reward. And of course you want to serve in his kingdom, but not everybody does. There are people in the church, people that call themselves God, and they They want forgiveness, they want to go to heaven, but they're not about to serve. The faith of God isn't in their heart. They're not motivated. There's one guy in our parable, there's one guy who had been given one talent, and the servant replied, I buried it. Master, I know you're a hard man, you reap harvest where you didn't sow, and, and you you get seed where you scattered no seed. I know this. I was afraid of you, so I went and I hid my own talent. But here it is. You can have back what you gave me. At least I didn't squander it away. Of course, the master was not pleased. Now, this parable is not about a story of a guy who is scared to invest somebody else's money. No, this is a parable about a man who despised his master. He despised serving. He despised investing in his master. You remember what the master said to that wicked servant? You remember? He tossed him out where there is darkness, and he tossed them out where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's eternal hell. There's something about this guy who buried his treasure, his talent, that really bothers me. There's something about this guy with one talent that sticks in my craw. Maybe it, maybe it bothers you too. Have I been unfaithful? How many talents have I buried? Have I foolishly wasted my money? been found to be unacceptable to the Lord instead of using my money uh, for the Lord's mission and, and to help other people. Have you missed golden opportunities to serve, to pray, to worship, to learn, to study, to love, to share the gospel with others? Well, if those are your concerns, as they are mine, with this guy who buried his talents, then we need to cry out to the Lord for all those missed opportunities and failed opportunities and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let your blood pour over all of my brokenness because I deserve that place of darkness. I deserve to be in that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But that's not what you will receive from the Lord. It's not what I will receive from the Lord. Do you know why? It's because Jesus has washed away all those squandered opportunities with the power of His blood. He's power washed us. I love to get in a car wash uh, that really power washes your car. You know, you go into some car washes and and the wa it puts water, it puts soap on there, and you drive away and there's a scum on the outside. It didn't get washed away. And then you get into that power wash. And you go, wow, that thing worked. The power of Christ's blood works. And it power washes us. 
inside and out because the Father gave him, Jesus, who invested in us to save us with his blood. And because of Jesus and the power of his blood, one day we're going to stand before his throne. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. What have you done with your life? Well, the better question is, what has Jesus done with yours? Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.